Bienvenidos and welcome to the Dale Gas Confidentials, Volume 11.1. Yes, sir. And, uh, man, my name is Beto Perez. I'm with your neighborhood DJ. Enrique Chicle Lugo. And we got a special guest joining us today for Women's History Month. Uh, coming back for the second time, Doctora Chingona, a.k.a. Fabi Bagula from Conchitas con Atole blog. And uh, bienvenidos and welcome. Uh, How gracias. you doing? Gracias. Thank you for having me again. And, I appreciate it. And let me highlight that she's just not here as a guest. She's here as a co-host. Yes. Right. So okay. she's going to so leave the pack on. for us today yes. because, um, we, like you said, we are highlighting Women's History Month. And, of course, why not have Doctora Chingona help us out with it, right? Well, I love that it's Women's History Month and that you're celebrating, but... We've got like celebrate women now, not just yeah. in history, right? Uh, so I love right. that Every someone's Every here. Day. We're gonna celebrate her work and celebrate and highlight it. So I love that even more. Yes, her. and and actually, I was uh, these last two days. I've been using a video uh, at work, and I used uh, I had some, a read along off of uh, Hillary Clinton's book that some wor- some women are born to lead. Yeah, and uh, two out of the three teachers are females. So I have the kids congratulate them and thank them and applaud them but then i also congratulate the girls and i thank them beforehand because i tell them i know you're gonna do great stuff yes and maybe i won't be around to see it but i want to thank you now oh yes you know and we want to celebrate like you said now Mm -hmm. which is why today uh we have christina billings as our guest and uh she's a i I, i'm excited i mean i'm getting goosebumps because she's a former student of mine from memorial Mm -hmm. a former student from san diego high Product of the neighborhood, product of the community. She's mm-hmm. involved in the neighborhood. Um, she's a mother. But most importantly, she finished her schooling necessary to become a therapist, mm-hmm. a uh-huh. family therapist. And um, welcome. I mean, I'm going to let you do most of the talking and then we're going to ask you some questions. But we really want to hear from you mm-hmm. because... I mean, well, I, role models are important, and so I love the representation. Latinas need to hear, like, you know, that we are professionals and we get our degrees and we come back and contribute. Mm-hmm. And then I always like to say, and then our parents need to hear that we're not going to run off, yeah. right? That we're going to come right. back and we're going to give back and we're going to take care of them. And actually, through education, we'll even have more power to do so. So right. thank you. I'm already really proud of you. So thank you. Yeah, glad that you're Christina, here. Christina, congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. It's not easy. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's and, not. And, and when I say recently hired, how, like, how recent were you hired, Christina? I got the job offer, I want to say Thursday, this past Thursday. Um, okay. I was doing my, my practicum hours there for about a year, and there was an uh, opportunity for me to um you know be on there full time and i interviewed and i got accepted to be the next therapist there beautiful congratulations yes congratulations i know she worked hard at it um Mm -hmm. i i follow her on on facebook and and you know and then living in the community i Mm -hmm. I see people i see them dragging their books to school Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and she was one of them and then she also is out there supporting and you know being active and Mm -hmm. she's a mother of two so i mean Mm -hmm. it's not easy no Mm -hmm. it's definitely not easy no it's not it's um but luckily i grew up in the community where there's a lot of support um it's more of a family and so it's it just made it a little bit more easier for me to kind of get through um you know we were just talking about you know other you know community members um you know recognizing that we have accomplished this stuff and it's not you know, very often that we see people that come up from the community mm-hmm. and are successful like this. Right. So it's, it's right. important for me to, to let everybody know, like, you yes. can come from the neighborhood, but you also can be something, you know, mm-hmm. and contribute back. Correct. Yes. Christina, Correct. coming from the neighborhood, what would you say was uh, your biggest battle in, in, in uh, finishing your career and, you know, starting, finishing up school and all that? I would say that a, a lot was the, the stigma of mental health. Um, you know, trying to, to try to stay focused. There was a lot of um, deaths that recently happened and throughout like the past year. Mm-hmm. So seeing that friends had passed away and, mm-hmm. you know, friends are, you know, lost in the drug game or they're incarcerated and just hearing about this, you know, was hard and um, it, you know, kind of takes focus away from what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it also reminds me what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Right. So um, it's both, you know, something that's negative and a positive yeah. at the same time. Right. I want to dig into the stigma yes, part. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I, I mean, the minute that you said the stigma mm-hmm. of it, all I kept thinking of was how many times I've heard us as a community say, I thought loco. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. say that almost as a throwaway comment. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how does that get in the way of what you're trying to achieve? It's probably one of the main uh, reasons why it's so hard to get the community involved because as you know Hispanic or, or black community we are taught that there's no such thing as mental health you know they're either mm-hmm. we're crazy or we're not strong enough to handle our emotions mm-hmm. right. so we're looked at as weak so that also prevents you know other people from actually seeking help because they don't want to portray themselves as somebody that's crazy mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of bringing that to light and speaking Mm -hmm. about mental health as something that's more, you know, present and it's not such, you know, a stigma or a Mm -hmm. taboo to talk about, you know, would just hopefully bring people to, you know, see more resources or seek out more resources rather than, you know, staying in and, you know, not dealing with their, their mental health. Mm -hmm. Cause typically what happens is people self medicate, Mm -hmm. they go into drugs, they go into alcohol Mm -hmm. because that's what they know, you know, that's, they want to feel good and they seek, you know, self medication. And, and, you know, it's hard because there's other alternatives, but they wouldn't know that unless, you know, they get the help. Right. And, and that was the, you know, that is the nucleus of, of this podcast that, that we wanted to have these conversations that we normally don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I learned, or the idea kicked in when I was talking to a, uh, a good friend of mine who's a recovering addict, mm-hmm. right? And, and he told me, he, he came, I was DJing at a, at a dance for you know, recovering addicts, mm-hmm. and he came up to me and he says, dude, I've never had so much fun ever in my life <laughs> because I was always high and I thought I was having a good mm-hmm. time, but now that I'm sober, I realized what I was missing out on. Mm-hmm. And then he brought up the concept of like, normally if I wanted to talk to somebody, I'd probably go to my home and be like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to get loaded, huh? Mm-hmm. But really what he was trying to say is I, want, I need to talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah. And that, therefore we have this platform where we can talk about mm-hmm. these things and people can hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And of course, if we have resources to share, then yes. even yeah. better. Yeah, the more yeah. we put it out, the more, you know, we can familiarize well with the t- different symptoms, you know, what to look for, you know, even with family members. If you notice that your family member is, you know, not acting themselves, especially because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, yes. it's it's good to reach out or, you know, just to check in, just checking in with somebody and letting them know that you're there can go a long way. Yeah. Um, and and, and you, you mentioned about the, you know, being living, you know, growing up in a in a black or Hispanic or Mexican culture where, you know, they're like, ah, tienes su pinche attitude. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, my disclaimer, PG-13. Always drop that box in there. But, you know, they'll say, tienes su pinche attitude or, you know, he's grumpy. That's how he is. And he's not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? No, maybe that's mm-hmm. not it. Maybe it's something more serious than just being grumpy, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it comes to a point where where people don't understand that. Um, or it's difficult to understand that depression can impact you severely. Like the concept of, of being happy all the time is like non-existent. People are going to feel depressed. People are going to feel anxious. It's totally normal to, to feel this way, but when it starts to impact your daily life and it's prevents you from getting up or it prevents you from conversating or just doing anything, you know, that you're supposed to do, then it becomes an issue, you know, and that's when, uh, you know, services are really needed so right. we can get that person back to where, you know, they were. Right. Christina, was this a calling for you? Like, was there something that happened that you're like, this is what I meant to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, growing up, you know, I had plenty of friends, you know, I had, you know, gang member friends, you know, girls that were, you know, running amok and I was mm-hmm. right there with them, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, kind of thinking back, like, you know, why does she act this way? Or why did he act this mm-hmm. way? Or why he did this, you know? And it kind of like gave me an idea, like, you know what, maybe there was something deeper, you know, right. and there's, there's a reason why they're doing this, you know, or there's, you know, they haven't been taught this. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me going like, okay, you know, how can I prevent this? How can I see the youth and help them, right. um, you know, and not let them go to the same footprints or the same footsteps that we've mm-hmm. gone through or have seen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and it's important that, that you you look back and you analyze because I think that a lot of us grew up 
And we're like, that's my past. But it was like, no, you can't forget your past so you can build on that future, right? So you can do better things. And like you said, you're, you don't want the future generation going through those same footsteps that, that we, mm-hmm. and I say we because yeah. we grew yeah, up in no, the same neighborhood. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I feel that maybe subconsciously I'm paying back to society mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that I took away, mm-hmm. whether it was a broken window or a damaged wall or whatever it was. But mm-hmm. most importantly, I feel that I need to provide that counseling service that that I was neglected to. You know what I mean? Yes. When I was in high school, yes. I, mean, mm-hmm. I saw my counselor three times, and it was when I enrolled, when I got arrested, and when I got into a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I say that often here in this platform because it's important that we all recognize that that we were neglected from yeah. stuff like that, mm-hmm. from and those services. Yes, and we yeah. don't. We don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I might be projecting here, but we didn't talk about our feelings. No, like, yeah. really, like legit, like especially when we're feelings of embarrassment or shame, mm-hmm. which are completely normal right. to express. But what we do with those feelings ends up being, in a, you know, very toxic. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm just picturing you as the friend that maybe everyone called him and like talking to you about them were were you that friend because we all had that counselor friend i was the mother Um, i mean i was right there with them but Uh i was the the more slightly responsible one Uh like Mm -hmm. oh maybe we shouldn't do this or you know but yeah that's that's the main reason um you know kind of going into this profession Mm -hmm. you know we're we are you know we do what we're taught and if we're not taught and you know how to express our feelings Mm -hmm. and just bottle them up Mm -hmm. you know it's it's gonna, you know, explode and, you know, worse things can happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Can, do you mind taking us back and telling us like, you know, when you grew up like your elementary days, your middle school days, you know, a little, little history on that. Yeah. I, lo- I love <laughs> hearing those. I mean, honestly, yeah. those are the important stories we need to tell for all of our little girls. Right. They need to hear yeah. this. Definitely. Yeah. yeah um, You've seen it firsthand. I, I've seen it, but I, I, I want like, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. want the listeners, especially the girls to hear it Yeah. and know that, Hey, no matter what obstacles <laughs> that got in your way, yeah. No matter what things you did or didn't do, mm-hmm. you're where you're at because you had the t- determination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The you know, growing up, I grew up in Barrio Logan. I you know went to Burbank. I went to Memorial. Mm-hmm. I went to um, Senego High. And growing up there, um, I I was I was mischievous. I ran the streets. Mm-hmm. I drank. I experimented with drugs. I, I kicked it. You know, that's right. that's what I did. And we ran the streets. And back then, like, that's what we did. Right. And, uh, um, you know, going towards high school, I got pregnant my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I had my son um, who is, we found out it's deaf mute. Okay. So being 17, having a child that mm-hmm. has special needs and, right. and trying to figure things out, you know, and trying to figure out what changes I need to make, mm-hmm. you know, in order to be successful. Yes. Um, you know, that came around as soon as my son came and that okay. kind of gave me motivation mm-hmm. to actually contribute back. Right. Um, but yeah, like that didn't happen until, you know, later on, I, the whole years from elementary to junior high to high school, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't taught anything as far as expressing your feelings or, you know, I had to be tough, you know, right. yes. especially being, yes. you know, half, half Hispanic and half Irish. Mm-hmm. Right. I had to be a little bit more tough too. So, right. so, um, portraying this and, and acting, you know, aggressive or, mm-hmm. or, you know, just to mm-hmm. kind of prevent from anything happening to me, you know, that's just the way I, I was raised. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, my father taught me, you know, you got to fight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you got to, yeah, you don't come back if you lost, like just stuff like that, because we were taught to be strong. We were taught, you know, to be resilient and, and, you know, bottle things up. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened when right. I was growing up. And then what I hear you say, too, is like strength was physical dominance. Yes. So that I mean, that's a very clear distinction that I, you know, we often hear about being strong. It's about mm-hmm. some sort of physical dominance where that's not really. I mean, I'm thinking about you now and the work that you do, mm-hmm. and it would be a big difference in that. Yeah. Right. And what strength really means. Yeah, there's. Um, but what I typically teach my clients, especially mm-hmm. when they're coming in, mm-hmm. um, I typically work with the Tay population. So it's like older teens, young adults. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. What I teach them first is it's called cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. and it's called the, um, it's the CBT triangle. And what it teaches you is it teaches that each emotion, each feeling and each action are all connected. Yes. So if you're feeling some way, it's eventually going to lead to an action. It's going to lead to a thought. Um, It can go either way. And that's, um, 
what I teach first so they can mm. gain an understanding of why, you know, they're acting the way. Why are they impulsively, you know, right. triggering, you know, other people or if they're, you know, um, just have very like low impulse control. Mm -hmm. um, so I make sure that, hey, you know, because you're thinking this, this could lead to, you know, feelings of this and it could lead to actions of this. Right. Um, and try to get that uh, an understanding and then build from that foundation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I constantly hear parents and I, it bothers me. And I, I'll, I'll say it straight out. My, like, especially my like, little one, she's a handful. Mm -hmm. She could be a as moderate, but <laughs> it bothers me when they say, ah, oh, he's just crazy like that. Or she's just crazy like that. It's like, fuck, no, don't yeah. call your kid crazy. Because you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah. you're normalizing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 You're normalizing it. And then the kids growing up are like, oh, that's how I act. Yeah. Like, that's no. just me. Yeah. yeah. That's just me. Right. I, I remember uh, reading or proofreading a, a uh, graduation speech for mm -hmm. a valedictorian mm -hmm. and she wrote on there oh and you know I know you'll always remember my, my crazy self or something I'm like hey yeah, you're not crazy you're outgoing yeah. you know what I mean I mean don't don't call yourself that because that's not what you are you know what I mean mm -hmm. is that what you want to be remembered by right and you know we had we kind of went back and forth and um, she didn't give in but then I had a, a teacher talk to her and eventually she kind of switched mm -hmm. it out. But, mm -hmm. but it was like, don't call yourself crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, right. yeah. yeah. Fabi, I got to tell you something. Uh, I'll never forget this. You've uh, mentioned, uh, o te calmas o te calmo. Oh. Oh, I never yeah. thought about I that. An issue and and, and it's that. in my head. It's in my head. Yeah. It's embedded, I think, for the rest of my life. So, so I mean, because you're, you're talking about adolescence, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and that's actually where the age group that are developing their identity. And so one conversation that I had here was I, I don't like some of the, the way we've been raised. Some of the things that we think are funny, like te calmas o te calmo, mm -hmm. is really telling me that you're going to calm me down by hitting me. Yeah. And I don't want to teach that lesson that calm means someone's going to have physical dominance over you. And so I appreciate the humor and I appreciate the, and I think it's a, co a collective trauma uh -huh. that we're laughing at. That's why George Lopez is funny when he talks about his grandmother. Right. We're laughing at the collective trauma. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, I don't agree with that's the way that we parent children. Right. And so I'm curious about, the ways that we we have traditionally, you know, parented our children and now how it's manifesting in the adolescent years, like the mm -hmm. tan loca yeah. becomes, oh, yeah, my crazy self. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The calmas, oh, calma means I got to hit something, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm just worried about some of that space. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, I, and and you can like hit me later. I know, but like <laughs> I get I get a lot of hate from my, later. No, no, no. I, I get a lot of like well, you know they want to throw tomatoes at me because because I'm Latina <laughs> and I love my culture, but there are certain things that we have to like stop. Yeah, yeah. and and, and see, I and I think there's a difference between joking about it, like if we're joking about it right now, right, mm -hmm. and we're telling a story versus telling our kid that mm -hmm. in right. a serious manner. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, if I yell at my daughter and I say I'm gonna slap you silly. You know, that means yeah. that I, I'm, I'm going to punish her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But then even the name called yeah. me. I, I was called pendeja like every other. That time my mom, my mom called me like yeah. on the like every five minutes, yeah. you know, so yeah. that was like my nickname. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious again um, because, oh, actually, I'll share the story and then go back to okay. you is my daughter. When she was about 15, I had to leave for two weeks to go to a conference and my mom was watching her. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to not parent that way. And my, she calls me and she's like, Nana keeps calling me pendeja. <laughs> me I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. Because yeah. I was like, I don't call her that. And so yeah. she, to her, it was shocking. Like, how can my grandmother call me this? And so you're seeing, again, adolescents, young children that are seeing this. And I'm wondering, how is it manifesting? What do you, I mean, what do you suggest from a, from a therapist standpoint? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I would love to just hear your opinion, actually. Yeah, um, I mean, every everything that we do goes back to how we were raised um, and, and what we're, um, you know, exposed to. Right. So, you know, getting that tough love, you know, mm. being called names can, you know, be cute, you know, but then we end up having this identity as I'm crazy. I do this because I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't help myself because I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, contributes to like low motivation to even seek help. People think it's hopeless you know, because they, you know, have this self-image that, you know, they portrayed on themselves as a young kid and just took it to them as adults. And, you know, um, they have like this, this idea that they can't change, mm -hmm. you know, when it all comes down to, you know, your, your mind frame, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really kind of 
picking out, you know, what exactly happened throughout the life and what, um, you know, kind of triggered the, the way that we, mm-hmm. we act today. Yeah. So some of what you I hear you describe is like there's unlearning mm-hmm. that you're I mean you're teaching them but you're teaching them how to unlearn or how to shed certain things like mm-hmm. well, how do how where does that get tricky like I'm really curious because of the young children that you're with because mm-hmm. I think it's hard as a forty some year old woman to unlearn some things and I'm, I can only imagine like seventeen or sixteen year old self you know mm-hmm. so what gets tricky about that part it gets tricky because that's a tricky age group to to be my hat's off to you plus they're stubborn (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i don't want to do it so uh, it really goes down to really getting deep into their childhood and Mm -hmm. and what they're exposed to and then really um kind of picking out exactly you know certain things that they may feel have contributed to you know why they're acting and Mm -hmm. then we what I like to do is is take a little bit of their past and really present it to them like, hey, you know, have you thought because of this, this is the way you're acting because of this, right? you know, and letting them, you know, develop that understanding that, hey, you know, maybe I act like this because X, Y, and Z in my past. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so just kind of giving that the opportunity to express themselves and then identify, you know, what went on, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, can really help them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not my job to figure out what's wrong with you. It's my job to help you understand what's wrong. Yep. You know, yeah. all I do pretty much is just really listen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I hear something that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, needs to be noticed, then I'll, right. I'll present it yeah. with them, you yeah. know. And at the end of the day, you know, they they typically will, will help themselves. Let, let me ask you this. Because I like to tell the parents and the kids when I refer them to therapy mm-hmm. that there might there isn't a cure. It's like what they're helping you to manage it. Yes. And I just want to know if I'm right or wrong on that because I don't want to give them the wrong information. But I feel that that's that's the proper information. I, I don't think there's a cure for for damaged goods. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can manage it and you can learn to survive with it if you get the proper skills, mm-hmm. which I think is where the therapist mm-hmm. or yeah. you would come in. Yeah, that you're correct. Um, you know, depression, PTSD, anxiety, they're all biological. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, they can be inherited through whatever trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So just learning how to manage those symptoms because we will give you, we're giving them false hope if we say that, it, you know, things are going to get better and you're going to completely be symptom free. Right. You know, it's, it's our job to give them these tools so they can manage in a healthy way and they're not, you know, going to, um, you know, self-harm or self-use or anything like that mm-hmm. because that's their go-to, you know, method. Mm-hmm. Rachel, right now that you said therapist, man, it just sounded so scary. <laughs> but it, as a kid, it was just like, yeah. oh, we're going to yeah. go see a therapist. Well, it's scary. Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it's still, even the counselor, like, I, I try to uh, disconnect myself from any type of uh, punishment that a child would receive, right, at, at, at a school level. Yeah. And I had a, I just got a, fre- a fresh new batch of kids for a group session. And one of them was like, like, she was almost crying. I'm like, what's wrong? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to talk in private? She's like, no, I just, I want to know what I did wrong. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You didn't do anything wrong. You, mm-hmm. you know, you were referred to me so we can see what services we could provide for you. Mm-hmm. I go, and if you don't need them, that's okay. But you don't have to be nervous. She's like, oh, I thought I was in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded yeah. like that, man. When we were kids, right. and they'd be like, yeah. oh, go talk to the counselor. Like, oh, I'm in trouble, or go, to, you know, you need to talk to a therapist. I'm yeah. like, uh, I've always been scared of that. Yeah. yeah, most titles outside of teacher though in school were scary ones, right? And, and especially mm-hmm. like having to see the counselor yeah. or a school therapist, school psychologist. Uh-huh. And, yes. and, you know, it, it, in the 50s and probably up to, like, the mid-60s, uh, if you went to go see the counselor, typically he was, it was because you were messing around and he was going to tell you, ¿sabes qué? Get a trade skill. Mm-hmm. You're out of school. You're not, you're not school worthy. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Christina, I got a question for you. Is there such thing as a hood PTSD? <laughs> um, it, it could. If you were, you know, experienced, um, you know, gang violence or you experienced, um, you know, either you witnessed it or you personally experienced Mm -hmm. it, that could happen. I have um, I have friends that were, you know, put out at gunpoint and they still have flashbacks Mm -hmm. of it. They still have intrusive thoughts, you know, so it doesn't really, you know, matter where you're at. It's how you 
present and it's how you kind of take away from that. If you mm. feel like you're having flashbacks or, you know, you're unable to sleep because you're afraid of nightmares because of these past things, mm. that's yeah. PTSD. I mean, we, before um, you arrived, no, I'm just <laughs> I got here about 35 minutes. We ago. were actually talking about that. I mean, sadly, uh, right now in, in the neighborhood has been so crazy. I mean, I think in the last six months, probably about nine or 10 people. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm, this, I don't know. This weekend alone, there was like six. Yeah, yeah, have passed away, movie. and and mm-hmm. some of them are, are well, a lot of them are former students of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, I mean, he was like a little brother. I mean, he, I just went to his services Friday night, mm-hmm. and literally that, so the services all that Friday, the, the, the Thursday before, another student gets shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's been snowballing, and mm-hmm. I've been feeling guilty. I was like, could I have done more for them? But then I know, I mean... Mm-hmm. They, they've all passed away for different reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether it was drug abuse, uh, gun violence, uh, diabetes, or whatever, but it's been happening. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. And, and it does exist. I, I, yeah. I think, I know some of them have reached out to me privately, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, you know, can I talk to you? And I've talked to some of them, and I think you're going to get those messages eventually Yeah. when they find out what you do for a living, and it's, it's a good thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a good thing. Yeah, just today, um, I have a friend who has a mother that's um, going through some mental health Mm -hmm. issues, and she was like, hey, I don't know what to do. You know, can you help me? And give her the resources, Mm -hmm. explain to her what's going on and what's going to happen. And that really, like, calmed her down just because she had some sort of, you know, resource to go to. Right. Christina, what kind of resources are out there for for people in the community? You say, uh, for one, they maybe can't afford one or... How, how do they go about reaching a therapist, a counselor? Well, specifically for like low income, if you have like Medi-Cal, there are options out there. Um, I feel like the county just in the last maybe five years has improved their mental health and mm-hmm. they're accepting a lot more people. Um, so, so gaining the resources um, shouldn't be, you know, hard as far as like transitioning to them. Um, it's actually seeking help. Um, one of the major uh, resources that I give my clients is called the Access and Crisis Line. And when they hear Access and Crisis, they're like, oh, no, I, I don't need so it. I'm scary. not in a crisis. Yeah. Like, crisis. why am I going to call yeah. these people? I'm just yeah. a little sad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I tell them, like, no, this number is 24 hours a day. It's seven days a week. There's licensed therapists on the other end, and it's for the community. So yes. if you are, like thinking about something at two in the morning and you cannot sleep and you just need to get it off your chest, you call this number, right. you know, and they, if you, you know, are seeking out different services, they'll link you to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the number that um, is to the access and crisis line is uh, 1-888-724-7240. Um, and once again, it's, it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It's confidential too. It's confidential. Everything, as, as therapists, uh, we cannot say anything as far as, you know, personal background. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do have to report, because we are mandated mm-hmm. reporters, is right. anything as far as, like, you wanting to hurt yourself, hurt others, mm-hmm. child abuse, um, child pornography, um, everything else um, that doesn't fall on those lines is completely confidential. What, what would you say to somebody who's scared to go to a therapist? And, and, and it's, it's something taboo for them. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if I go there, then that means I'm a local or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it all comes down to their reason. You know, what is your reason why? If they say because you're crazy, okay, you know, what, what makes you think you're crazy? You know, and just really kind of understanding their point of view and figuring out if I can, you know, help them normalize, you know, their mm-hmm. feelings and really, like, understand that hey a therapist isn't you know a person that has a clipboard is not saying yo how does that make you feel you know Mm -hmm. or anything like that it's nothing like that but you know movies and and portray you know a therapist that looks it that just Mm -hmm. does this that and they don't care and they just kind of you know are there just to listen to you and that's not the case you know we especially now um you know the community is growing and you know people like myself are coming up from the neighborhood and can relate to these people and you know, really give my experience out and say, like, hey, you know, you, you could talk to me. Like, I can relate. I'm from the southeast, you mm-hmm. know, like, 
you're like, what's going on? Uh, no, yeah. I think that's really important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, so I took myself to, uh, when I was, I want to say 18 or 19, I took myself to a therapist mm-hmm. and I remember it was a white guy mm-hmm. and the questions he posed, I was like, I never want to talk to you again. Like it was one of those, it was really, I felt really disconnected. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even just recently, I'm like, I need a therapist, but I want a Latina. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be misunderstood. Like, I want someone that already has the background knowledge mm-hmm. so I don't have to fill it for them because we really are different. And so I think it's a really big gift mm-hmm. to have you um, mm-hmm. at, yeah. for with Indeed. that age group. Like, it's a really beautiful gift. Especially, and I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say with the demographics that you're working yeah. at and the location. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like your ideal, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we go. Um, I'm right in the middle of the Southeast. So I, I, it was very important for me as well to actually Mm -hmm. remain in the Southeast because, um, I wanted to contribute back Mm -hmm. and I felt like I can relate more. Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain things that, um, you know, I find out that clients go through and I'm like, Hey, you know, I've gone through that, Mm -hmm. you know, let me, let me show you what I did, you know, and, and that helps them, you know, Mm -hmm. build that rapport. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times a client's like, I feel so much better or, you know, I feel like, yeah, Yeah. like, oh, you know, and, and that right there is Mm -hmm. just like, okay, good. You know, like I broke that barrier, you know, and that's mainly what I want to do, especially in the beginning with a client, you know, make them feel normal, make them feel safe. Yeah. So Richard was asking for validation about how he represents therapists to parents. How do you represent parents, not therapy to parents when you're taking on clients? Um, I explained to them, um, you know, I, I present, you know, obviously professional and mm-hmm. I explain to them like, look, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, you know, I'm going to be asking these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what parents um, find difficult is, you know, even though you're um, a minor, they do have rights. Right. So there's a lot that can remain confidential mm-hmm. and parents have a difficulty with that because with they want to know what's going on <laughs> oh, with their kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, explain mm-hmm. to them like, hey, you know, we're trying to build independent, you know, we want to give them a safe space if right. they want to share with you. Perfect. You know, but I at least want to give them that opportunity so they can get whatever's off their chest, mm-hmm. you know, and feel comfortable about it. Because yeah. obviously they're not they're not comfortable, you know, with the people that are around them right now or yeah. they don't know what to do, you know, with what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So just being that person, you know, that can normalize it and, and help them. Yeah, and I think the younger they are, the harder it is for the parent to let go. Um, like I said, right now I started a new batch of, of groups, and of course the parents don't know who how I am. How little are they, Rachel? Monday? How, li- how what's their age group? Right now I'm working with uh, fifth and sixth graders, ah, okay. so they okay. range between 10 and 12. Okay. And some of the parents don't know me, right, like physically, mm-hmm. especially because it's, it's at, the, at a school that I'm covering. It's mm-hmm. not my normal school. And... Uh, like today, there was a mom asking the kid a lot of questions about me. Like, who is he? How often does he do it? And blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Where you and can, I would, you, I would give the kids that. my email address. And I'm like, you can email me any questions. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, they're, they're the initial meetings. Mm-hmm. And I say it purposely loud enough to where they, they can hear it. Mm-hmm. And I say, and if your parents have any questions, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's what, like 10 hours later, she hasn't emailed me. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? She's not giving them that safe space, right? And yeah. That's, we talked about this concern, remember, yeah. because of distance learning and whatnot. That yeah, we're kids, in their living rooms. Yeah, yeah. we're in mm-hmm. their living rooms. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting that privacy that they that you say they have rights for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell, I was asked, like, how am I doing? And my husband's in the background. I'm like, uh, fine. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Wait till he leaves. <laughs> and then I'll tell you. <laughs> like, let me pause on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Right so, in, I mean, it happens to all of us. Yeah, it happens yeah. to all of us. So. Right. You know, I, I wanted to touch on, uh, you brought up about, that you, you went and seek therapy and that therapist, the first therapist, like it wasn't working for you. No, it was really hard in college. Um, just being an only Latina everywhere, going from like Southwest high, living in Tijuana and then mm-hmm. going to a school where I was like one of the only pe- you know, women of color. It was really hard. And then I mm-hmm. went from like straight A's two d's and so and i was like i ain't going back home like what the hell this is weird so i went to seek help (laughs) and then i felt really fat um and i will say that because um every time i go to a mariachi i'm like these are my people these are the curvy ones you're Uh like i feel fine but when i go and i'm around a lot of white people i'm like i'm fat like it's just a different body type right so i was having all of those feelings as a young woman and so i went to seek help because i'm like it's really impacting how i'm how I'm being like mm-hmm. it's, it's impacting my personality and he just I just I actually walked out I didn't even finish the hour 
Yeah. I was like, this is really dumb. I don't yeah. like your, like I, now that now if my 40 some year old self wants to say, I don't like the questions you posed. You were pretty much asking me questions, making me feel guilty for even seeking this help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, and he didn't understand the way that I was experiencing that school right. versus his white male frame. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I never went back and I wish, I wish there would have been a different person that I could have sought out or that he would have followed up mm-hmm. with what I shared because I shared some pretty, I mean, I would have been worried. Mm-hmm. I would have, I would have been worried if I were a therapist and I had someone walk out, I would probably go to my, my friend or my therapist colleague and say, Hey, can you reach out to that student? Because they didn't feel comfortable with me, but they need support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I would have done that. I yeah. felt, and, and no one did it. And, and I think that's one thing that I think, the public in general should know and understand that they do have the right to choose, right? Or, mm-hmm. or to request yes. yeah. uh, a specific gender or, or maybe a race. And um, back in September, we had um, a, a, an artist or rapper and we were talking about suicide, mm-hmm. surviving suicide. His, unfortunately, his son passed away. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how it took several therapists for him to connect to one. And finally, it started working. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like a unicorn. You know that. I mean, honestly, (laughs) like there is very few. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really thankful that you like you took on that job, that role. Yeah, it's it's very it's very common when I get clients. They they shrug and they're like, I don't want to like explain this to you or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, just just give me a try. You know, Mm -hmm. like just, you know, just let me listen, you know, Mm -hmm. and um you know, just kind of relating to them and, and then mm-hmm. like letting them know like, hey, you know, you don't got to, you know, tell me this. I, I, I get the idea, you know, right. if I know what, you know, a little bit about what you were going through, um, you know, I can relate, mm-hmm. you know, and and that makes them a whole lot, you know, mm-hmm. very calmer and and they're able to, you know, build that rapport with me. Right. Um, but once again, if, if they're not comfortable with me for whatever reason, and it's very common with, with anybody that's been raped or right. molested, right. you know, they have their perfect or they have their preference on who they want to work mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it comes down to, to being open and, and standing up for yourself and saying, hey, I'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with this person, right. you know, so they can go ahead and get somebody else. Yeah. You know, it, we have six therapists at the place that I work at. And, yeah. you know, if someone requests somebody different, you know, we... We will take them on. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How do, so you, how, how, how do you connect the, the, the younger generations with the parents? Because there's a whole different cloth. You know, there's oh, a whole yeah. the generation now is completely different to what we grew up to, what our parents grew up yeah. to. You know, mm-hmm. it's three different generations within yes. a small gap. So how do you yeah. how do you bridge those? It's, it's difficult. It's difficult because as as parents, you know, especially the client's parents, mm-hmm. they have their kind of mind frame already. Like they have their own beliefs. Yeah. You know, and it's very hard to kind of persuade them to change Mm -hmm. or just be a little bit more open and, and, you know, about whatever their child is going through. So what I like to do is give them a little bit more information about what the diagnosis is and what it, you know, Mm -hmm. entails and what are the symptoms. So they at least have that knowledge and it helps with normalizing, you know, what their children are going through, because if they don't understand, how are they going to be that support, you know, for their child at home? Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, an, another link, um, you know, with treatment mm-hmm. is we found out that when parents are involved, if they have some sort of like support, they are more likely yeah. to improve, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stabilize. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I try to uh, really uh, focus on with the parents when I'm going to refer them. That is like, don't go and be there for them, be there with them, yes. like be that real support. Because mm-hmm. we know that without that support, then. It's kind of like trying to pedal a bike with just one pedal on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not really happening. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I refer my time, if they ask you if you want services for the entire family, say yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say yes, because mm-hmm. they're good. your child is going to see that you're supporting them and you're there with them. You're going through it with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And right. just having that support, yeah. you know, it makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the part, because I'm just thinking about, I've done the referrals to therapists as well. And mm-hmm. I have some very traditional, like, mo- moms say, oh, si, para que les de consejos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always have to go, no, they're not telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's actually, like, a very fine line, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a consejo. You're not, you're not doing that right. part. Mm-mm. So there's a misunderstanding, yeah. but it's very nuanced. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a whole, um, you know, everybody has their own... Uh, 
uh, idea of what a therapist is. Mm-hmm. And in the right. Hispanic community, you know, that's kind of like shunned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, they have this idea, like, they're going to tell you what to do and they're going to tell you what's wrong with you, you know, when in all reality, like, my job is just to listen to you. And right. if I feel like I can give you some skills, you know, or, or teach you, like, deep breathing or something mm-hmm. that you can use when you're by yourself, mm-hmm. then I did my job. Yeah. What are some of the trends or something that you've seen emerging from this year of pandemic, of election divisiveness, of Black Lives Matter? I mean, we've been hit from every direction. Like, what are some of the trends and patterns you've seen with our youth? There's, um, they, I've, I've seen a lot of the youth um, be a lot more open about their experience mm-hmm. um, with whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen an increase in suicide attempts. I've seen an increase in drug use. Um, and it seems that that was beginning at the very beginning of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the pandemic has really like triggered a lot of people, yeah, you know, it. It, yeah, it increased it. And, um, you know, it's, it's to the point where people are attempting suicide and it's, it's until then where they're actually getting help, mm-hmm. um, because they don't, you know, they don't know, yeah. you know, so they do what, you know, they feel is best and it's either yeah. self-medicate or take your own life or, right. you know, hurt yourself. Right. Um, so seeing, you know, the pandemic and, and seeing it and the presidency mm-hmm. and Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I had clients that are really uh, affected by the Black Lives Matter movement because they are um, black or Hispanic mm-hmm. and they need to process that because there's so much hate right now. Yeah. And it's kind of portraying on them and just just kind of reassuring them like, hey, you know, you're doing good. You know, you're you're here for the right reasons, and like, let's talk about this. Like, right. let's let's work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is like a daily routine or something that we can do on a day-to-day basis just to kind of help us ease or calm or you know find peace within ourselves? You at least have to give yourself some time to do something that you enjoy. Um, self-care is important, even if you're in the field or not. Allowing yourself, I even tell clients, if it's 30 minutes, 15 minutes, do something that you enjoy by yourself, whether it be reading a book, um, you know, listen to music, because you need that time to decompress with whatever, you know, is going on in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for example, I, um, before I go into the house, um, I calm myself down, I listen to music, and I decompress from, you know, whatever the day was. And yeah. I know that I'm able to tackle motherhood once I right. get into the, the door because I'm right. going to get hit with it as soon as I, I, <laughs> I come right. in, you know, but allowing myself to, to really calm myself down and, and um, do something that I enjoy, yeah. you know, really helps. It makes all the difference. Yeah. I was going to ask something similar to that because I hear you holding a lot of healing space for others. And I mm-hmm. just kept thinking, and you have, you're also experiencing the pandemic and you're also experiencing Black Lives Matter and your mm-hmm. mother. And so how are you healing yourself or how do you hold, how mm-hmm. do you self-care, I guess? And you, I know you gave us some examples, mm-hmm. but I'm sure you do other things that are more intentional behind that uh-huh. because it's a lot to hold space for others and then still do it at home. Mm-hmm. And then where's you? Where's, where's Christina yeah. and all that? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's certain techniques that I've put in place while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, the university that I went to is very, you know, very stern on self-care. And um, the courses that we, we do, we really dig deep into ourselves mm-hmm. and really kind of identify what, you know, bias thinking we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, um, they help us develop different, you know, coping mechanisms while we're mm-hmm. actually at work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I deal with severe mental health. Mm-hmm. So I'm... You know, meeting the person that, you know, just tried to commit suicide two days ago. Right. Or I'm, you know, dealing with um, a female that has different personalities, mm-hmm. you know, because they were, you know, raped at a young age. Right. So it's, and it's, you know, you, as a therapist, like, that's what you want to do. You want to help people. Right. But there's a fine line with, you know, what can I do? And then over you know, over trying to help them, which right. will mm-hmm. cause burnout. Right. You know, burnout's a huge thing, especially in mental health. It's to yeah. the point where we, we overwork ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to decompress. Mm-hmm. And then we end up, you know, completely getting out of that field because we didn't allow ourselves to calm. Yeah. Um, you know, during... Uh, clients and between clients, I make sure that I give myself like at least 10, 15 minutes. I go on social media. Mm-hmm. I check in with, you know friends just right. to kind of bring me back to who I am right and I'm ready to go to the next person yeah. um, because it's difficult yeah. the uh, social media how does that uh, affect kids nowadays oh that affects them 
I feel like it's increased um, mental health. For example, I have a client that tried to live stream their suicide. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's young and it was encouraged by social media. Um, yeah. He went on a social media site, um, expressed you know, his feelings and these people that were on the site encouraged it and recommended it. So um, there's a lot of hate crime. Mm -hmm. I mean, people can, can um, take a picture and you know, it's the internet, you know, it's right. a world wide web, it's stuck there. So any mistake that, you know, you make as a young it's person, there it's there forever. Right. So, you know, they're dealing with that, you know, there's uh, video phones, everybody's recording. So there's really, you know, no privacy anymore. And that mm -hmm. really affects, you know, this youth because they don't have that safe place. They, Every, everything is out. They don't, have, they, they don't have the mental capacity to try and manage it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't control it. We could manage it. And I think that, um, they don't have that capacity. I mean, they think it's cool right now, but mm -hmm. then, like you said, it's going to be there forever. And two days later, it's, it's switched out. And yeah. now they're making fun of you. Yeah. And, we're, and again, we're not taught certain, you know, mm -hmm. things as a young child to, to prepare ourselves for adolescence. Right. You know, there's a lot. I want to say maybe 80% of my clients didn't learn good communication skills, didn't yeah. learn how to, you know, calm themselves down or learn, you know, how to seek help and, that's literally what I'm doing the first few mm -hmm. sessions is teaching them these basic skills mm -hmm. that they weren't taught as a young child. Yeah. Man, um, I'm mind blown right now. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that happens. So yeah. on top of all that that you, got, that you do, I mean, you still got to come home and you're a mom mm -hmm. and you have a teenager and then a younger one. Mm -hmm. How do you, how was the process of you going to school, meaning post-secondary, doing your schooling and being a mom? Because... A lot, of, a lot of people think, oh, I have a kid now, I can't do it, mm -hmm. right? Or I don't have a job, I don't have the money, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And wh where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and obviously, is. you're a perfect example that well, you did. I mean, it, I, forgive me, but you, mm -hmm. teenage pregnancy too, right? Yes. I mean, that, that, I think that's a beautiful story to say, like, yes, and I was able to do this. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's being determined. You know, my, my, my mind frame was I'm not going to be that, that um, stereotype. Right. No, I'm not going to be that that teen mom that, you know, isn't successful because that's what's portrayed on TV or, you know. Right. So um, kind of just keeping myself motivated, like I'm not going to be that person because yeah. to be honest, I was headed that way before I had a kid. Yeah. You know, and who knows where I would have been, you know, probably not here, <laughs> yeah. you know, but. Um, well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it's just. You know, it's just kind of staying focused mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of reminding myself why I'm doing this. It's mm -hmm. not just for myself. It's for the community. And, um, you know, since I was little, I wanted to help. So mm -hmm. what's, you know, the best way to do is really help the people that really need it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do you mind if we talk a little bit about your kids? Because I know yeah. you mentioned uh, the special needs and that requires a lot more resources, a lot more time mm -hmm. from you as a parent. Mm -hmm. A lot more time dealing with the schools and whatnot. Well, yeah. Voice, that, and, voice and advocacy. I mean, the voice yes. and advocacy that you're going to have to express to advocate for your child and yeah. support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, did that play a crucial role in your decision on, on taking this uh, profession? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, being 17 and figuring out that, you know, your child's deaf and mute, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you know, blindsided by it and you're like, what do I do? You know, and... Right. And, um, you know, just just experiencing what I experienced with different counselors, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be that person or, you know, the, the negative experiences that I had, you know, I took that and I was like, N I'm not going to be that person. You know, right. I'm going to make sure that these kids feel safe and they're supported rather than just giving them a piece of paper and then sending them on their way. Right. You know, because that doesn't help. You know, and, you know, my my other younger son has an intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's linked to different, you know, centers and um, learning how to advocate was was difficult. But understanding the laws and, you know, really figuring out what, you know, you want your child to to, you know, be able to do, you know, you're able to advocate that. Yeah. And, and, and the reason I brought that up is because I know that in our community, there's a high number of families that have children with uh, either disabilities or special needs mm -hmm. and a lot of times they will just kind of pull them into a virtual closet yeah. 
right? And mm-hmm. they don't know or they don't want to know about those laws and those rights that they have mm-hmm. and those services. And then, like, they'll grow up and we're like, didn't you have three kids instead of two? Mm-hmm. And eventually they'll be like, yeah, but, you know, we don't want to mm-hmm. talk about it. We don't want to deal with it. And it's like you're doing a disservice to your child yeah. who's now an adult. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I really like the fact that you still went ahead and did your thing. And you're mm-hmm. still advocating not just for your kids but for people in the community mm-hmm. and you you fulfilled your your goal of you know becoming a therapist mm-hmm. yeah thank you yeah, yeah. it's it was a it's whole a lot. process yeah, yeah it's, it's it was a, beautiful a lot. story though i mean honestly like i'm, I'm sitting here really proud of you so that's <laughs> thank really you. good yeah it was mm-hmm. it was a long road and i always tell you know younger girls i was like was it easy hell no it was not easy uh-huh. but is it possible yes yep. it is but you you're gonna have to you know take away different, you know, hobbies or, you know, free time. And you got to be okay with that for, you know, a certain amount of time. And, you know, not a lot of people want to give up, you know, certain amounts of time. And that usually hinders them from actually, you know, reaching their goals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Christina, what's one of your favorite uh, pastimes? What do you like doing for fun? Uh, I've been playing uh, softball since I was like 12. (laughs) So I play, (laughs) I, I play, I've been playing softball since I was 12. Um, what position? Oh, it was a pitcher and a catcher. Oh, oh nice. okay, okay, okay. So not bench. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. like, trust me, <laughs> I got you on this one. Yeah, there's um, there's a um, an adult league that's just for women. Oh, that's nice. just fast pitch mm-hmm. that I found a couple of years ago that I joined. Yeah. Um, you ever got hit with a ball? I'm sorry. You ever got hit with the ball? Oh yeah, yeah. At <laughs> little league, my my dad was around and he like kind of trained us and. He was like, you need to get hit with the ball so you're not scared with scared of it. Oh, no. <laughs> because a lot of people kind of duck and look around because they're afraid to get hit with the ball. Mm-hmm. It was painful and it wasn't on purpose. I but just, once I got hit, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I it's can. It's not that bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that goes back yeah, to that parenting know. thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, I had the pleasure of meeting her dad. And um, I mean, Irish, but no, real, real, real nice person. But yeah, mm-hmm. that tough love and it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Learn how hard it's going to feel so you know when it's coming, you know, yeah. you're not unexpectedly getting it. It's tough love from your parents, a good thing or a bad thing? There's a fine line. There's a tough love, like we all grew up with it and that's tough, but when it starts to affect you and it's really coming something negative. And that's and when you, parents don't know how to stop? Yeah. Okay. They, they think it's funny or, you know, they see that their child's upset and they're like, oh, you know tough up or whatever and you know they kind of dismiss it you know really take a look at your child and really see how their their facial expressions Mm -hmm. are their body is and Mm -hmm. you know if you really pay attention to that they don't got to say anything you know you can already see you know when something's bothering them yeah and i i try to tell people hey i don't forget where i came from you know i mean i i try to always reflect on the past and if there was Mm -hmm. something like if i can remember how i was feeling Mm-hmm. Right or like you said, those that body language, mm-hmm. and and I see it in my child or somebody else's kid or a, a student, right? And I'm like, I know this kid's not having it right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so you could, could feel it sometimes. Like yeah. they can really give off, you know, that that, that energy. Yeah, that energy, and you're like, you're telling me you're okay, but I'm not really convinced. You know, mm-hmm. like like what's going on? The yeah. wild part is that we grew up thinking that tough love was okay. Like, yeah. oh, that's how you're going to toughen up. That's how you're going to, you mm-hmm. know, do this. Come on. See, yeah. see, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's the, and ultimately, ultimately, ultimately led mm-hmm. me to fights. You know, yeah. I was fighting a lot when I was younger and you know, that tough love taught me, you know, to be tough, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that ended up, you know, not being that great, but mm-hmm. You know, I was mentally tough, but I was also thought that I had to be physically mm-hmm. tough and I had to fight. You right. Know? right. Chicle, at your guys' uh, complex, do you guys have something like this that you guys can offer? Or do you guys refer outside? Uh, we have a mental health team. Okay. But, I mean, I think a lot of what has been talked about, right? Like, people don't, there's still a lot of hesitation to reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I keep thinking about in terms of just our students' identities and how they experience school at home right now. Mm-hmm. Last year, we had, at one point this school year, we had 30% of our Latina students with a D or, or an F. Last wow. year, at the same time, we had 0%. Oh, wow. You wow. know, and, and I had, like, you know, part of my job is keeping track of that and 
when I presented it to the staff, I expected like people would jump on board with, let's figure out what's going on, you know, because yeah. something's happening. Right. If they were in school in person mm-hmm. and doing um, awesome, mm-hmm. and then suddenly mm-hmm. a third of them are failing, like, yeah. you know, and, and this whole time I just keep thinking about like what's happening at home, mm-hmm. you know, what's the culture like there, mm-hmm. what are they being told. Yeah. You know, or what what other things are happening that or what are they not being told? Right. And so I was going to ask, like, like, is is there advice for like the parents, the students who may be listening or even for teachers? Yeah, to consider. Like, I I don't know, like. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's just very important to normalize mental health, Um, Mm. I think, as as soon as we like minimize the stigma, it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. And just just having that conversation with parents and kids and letting them know like, hey, you know, it's not going to be this stranger that you're going to, you know, be vulnerable mm-hmm. about because one, that age group doesn't want to be vulnerable. They have, you know, that stern, you know, attitude mm-hmm. and, you know, letting parents know, like, give it a try. You know, we've tried X, Y, and Z and those haven't worked. Right. You know, try it see you know see doesn't hurt to try right yeah, yeah it doesn't you know so yeah. try it and see if you like it if it's therapy's not you for yeah. you then you don't have to go yeah and you know right now chicle when you mentioned about your your staff not kind of jumping on board right or not saying nothing much it reminded me of your post bobby this morning about just feeling tired oh, all yeah, the time tired, now dude. and i think probably that's part of the problem with your staff i mean overall is like everybody's drained from this covid yeah. thing yeah mm-hmm. um Whereas, like, you don't get to rest ever, no, no. ever. And I know that you, Christine, are going to be, like, really busy yeah. for years on to come, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think Already. The, the yeah. post, what is it called? And you could correct me, actually, because I don't know. But there's, like, post-trauma, mm-hmm. right? Post-trauma growth or post-trauma healing. Mm-hmm. We're still in it. We're not post yet. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at some point, like, we're going to, we, we got to make sense of it and kind of do, like, what's the, what's the healing we're going to do together? Yeah, you know, I think it's very necessary, given that. that that's when I think we should joke and be like, "Tacuaras, güey, cuando nos con las pinches máscaras." No, but you know what I mean. I, 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 use, I try to use a lot of humor, obviously not with the kids at work, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's something we're gonna end up in that in that era of post, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are gonna need that help. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. been, a, been an intense ride. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very much when so. I, And I think like what, what you said, Christina, normalizing that this is hard for all of us, you know, and that there mm-hmm. is mental health implications with the experiences that we're having, with even with the adults, right? Because yeah. in my, from my opinion, no one jumped up and said, hey, let's do something. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that teachers were thinking about it and trying to address it, right? Because mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is... Like, this is the first time we all have to do this, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, even the, the folks who had done online teaching and, and for other Entities. demographics, yeah. like, it's still new to them because mm-hmm. they had never taught high school students, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a completely different yeah. experience. And yes. it's, it's hard, but, you mm-hmm. know, to know that we have people like yourself that can connect with folks in a different way with our youth mm-hmm. that... I know in my in my household we we started seeing a, I, I don't even like seeing therapists for all the same reasons we already mm-hmm. discussed. But like I, we have a counselor, uh-huh. you know that my wife and I see, and my son sees another partner mm-hmm. with that person, and and we feel comfortable with them. And one thing that my wife and I were were joking about the other day is like, dang, like is this really therapy? Because it feels like we're just talking. To her, you know, like, yeah. what are we, like, is this really like, what it's yeah, like? Really it's active listening, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so it was cool. And, I, and that's what I said, like, well, maybe that's what it is. Like, mm-hmm. we had never done it before. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. if more people knew that you're mm-hmm. just someone who's neutral and is just going to listen and maybe offer you some, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. advice, but some tools or, yeah. or mm-hmm. resources. Right. Like, maybe we'd mm-hmm. be more open to that. Yeah. I think know? I mentioned this at sometime back but i was at one of the trainings that you guys put on through the county on active listening and one of them one of the portions of the training was that sometimes somebody just wants to be heard out mm-hmm. like they don't want a response because while they're being heard out there's problem solving yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and they're like 
as they're telling you, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's but, what I should have done. And you know what? That's what I can do. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. And you it, know trips, talking about, right? it trips people out. Like yeah. when we say, um, so, so listening is actually, uh, it's actually for the speaker. Yeah. Like it's not for the listener. Right. And we're, we're taught to listen because we're going to learn from you. But no, really, you speaking is your own learning. You know how to solve your problem already. You just, someone mm-hmm. needs to hold the space to listen to you. Yeah. Right. That's literally what, yeah. what therapy <laughs> is. You know, yeah. you guys already have the answers, you know, and, and just kind of getting that out and making you guys feel safe enough to, you know, share this information. You mm-hmm. guys are going to, you know, again think like oh you know i should have done that or that's the reason why i do this mm-hmm. you know and and understanding that really helps you know right. instead of thinking you're crazy it's because of that thing that happened when you were five right you know and and really um understanding that can break that yeah and and you know sometimes we'll be um we'll be thinking well i don't want to talk to beto about this specific topic because it's embarrassing between me and him mm-hmm. but i'll talk to chicle Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but if you have that one person like you guys have that is always the same person, always listening, but nobody knows about, and by law they can't disclose anything. Yeah, then you could just throw up on them and tell them everything, right? Yeah, yeah. without feeling embarrassed. Yep. And you got to have that space. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Just just making sure, like, hey, you know, therapy is is just a safe place for you to just vent. Right you know, and express what's going on yeah. and, and, you know, saying stuff that you weren't able to say to your friends or, or parents mm-hmm. or whoever raised you, yeah. um, and though, and just kind of just getting it out there. Right. What's the future for Christina Billings, the therapist? My main goal mm-hmm. is to open up my own practice in, yes. in Logan. Yes. Um, nice. I want to make sure that I have a facility that doesn't portray as that therapy, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, building. I want to make sure that people come in and they can come, you know, and feel safe and kick it and, you know, and still get that mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, resources. And that's mainly, you know, what I want to do. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I I like that. And anything is attainable. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason of bringing you on board is so, you know, if there's somebody out there that can provide help for that, Mm-hmm. then maybe they can help out, right? Yeah, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, mm-hmm. that's obviously a few mm-hmm. a few um, years down the line. But, um, yeah, that's that's main goal. I'm, I'm stuck on that. That's something that I really want to do. Right. Um, you know, and I believe I'll, I'll get there. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got your back on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all of us. Yes. Thank you. And uh, Christina Billings, thank you so much for joining us. If they wanted to get your services, uh, can somebody contact you? Or is this some? where do they contact you or get a hold of you? Or So um, if you want, like, uh, recommendations or anything like that, I can um, help you with some resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they wanted to contact you specifically? Specifically, they would have to um, go through maybe, like, 211. Um, usually the people mm-hmm. that we see are people from um, that had just left family health centers. So if you do want resources, go to your clinic, you know, and the somebody would refer you. Um, to and you, then, though. To me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that number you gave is so, um, God, because it's been in existence for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And it's so sounds, it sounds underrated. 211. Oh, 211. 211. All the resources. Yeah available in the county right or yeah. most of them yeah i give that i give 211 and the access and crisis line to all of my clients mm-hmm. because for one it's hard to find resources but yeah. you can call 211 and you can anytime, do like right? anytime and you could be like hey i need some food it's so much yeah. easier to call 211 though than the crisis lines because that sounds scary yeah, yeah. it is yeah. it is mm-hmm. It, like I never knew what 211 was. I've seen it like uh, when you go to like Coronado Bridge and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I never knew exactly what it, maybe they, they do a better job at explaining what they offer. Yeah, yeah you know, they, they started promoting, when it first came on board, they started promoting it. They had like a he- heavy campaign and then it just died out. And mm. honestly, I'm sad that they don't promote it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they need to. It needs to right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting in, calling 211 or calling the access and crisis line. Mm-hmm. Well, they will you know, they listen to you without judgment, you know, and they'll get you the resources. You know, we, we understand that getting these resources are very hard, you know, to, to even do or building up that motivation to even say, Hey, you know, something's wrong with me. Right. And, you know, being able to talk to somebody on the other end, that's not going to judge you is just makes all the difference. Right. Okay. Nice. There it is, man. Uh, Christina Billings, thank you so much for joining us. 
Gracias. I'm again. I'm really proud that you're out there, not only helping children but also being a representative for all of the Latinas to see you as an example. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Th thank you, Christina. Thank you for joining us, and uh, once again, congratulations. Happy uh, yes. Women's History Month. Thank and you. we celebrate you and Fabi. Thank you. I just know we do it every day, not just not just this month. <laughs> and that is one thing that I tell the students that I've been telling them that we gotta mm -hmm. celebrate them every day. Like we just don't every celebrate day. love yes. on the 14th of yeah. February. Celebrate love every day. Every yeah. single day. Celebrate right. women every day. Yes, sir. There it is. Uh, yeah. My name is Beto Perez. Enrique Chicle Lugo. We got Fabi Bagula from Conchitas Conatole. With your neighborhood DJ. Tell us your, uh, Fabi, tell us your uh, Instagram for your, or for your blog. Oh, it's conchitasconatole.com. Conchitasconatole.com. Cool. All right, well, there it is. You. Wrapping up, Dale Guys Confidential, volume 11.1. Yes, it's going to be a year already. Oh, it's good, man. I'm glad, I'm glad we, we, we started this. Man. Hey, and, yeah. and you know what? Just to yeah. point out, highlight that when we started, it was for like everything that you talked about today. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. To, yes. Uh, bring that to light and, and hopefully provide resources for our community and for mm -hmm. our parents. Yeah. And I we're like, today's. yeah, unfortunately, because of COVID, we rushed to start. But this was exactly the conversations we wanted to have. Like, yeah. we were going to start recording over the summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Chicle said, you know, it's like coming to light now what our real focus is, which is having those conversations that we're not ready to have mm -hmm. out in public. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So thank exactly. you. Thank you for joining us, Christina. Thank you for having yeah. me. And uh, do you guys want to plug up your social media? Uh, yeah, you can uh, catch me at your neighborhood DJ, but most importantly on uh, Instagram at dalegas underscore dale underscore gas underscore. I did start a TikTok. I haven't done nothing what? on it. <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't start, I haven't done nothing on it because I'm not goofy enough to make people laugh. Oh, <laughs> but um, I do plan on, on starting to plug in the Dalegas Confidentials on there eventually. Nice. So we're going to have to Can't do a dance after this. Yeah. 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 Can't yeah. wait to see the Probably don't dance. I'll play the music. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Right on. Chicle. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Chicle79. There it is. My cool. Instagram is at Cali Burrito. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <All> right. <laughs> do you have a public mm -hmm. one or a private one? If you have a private one, that's fine. You don't have to mm -hmm. share it. Private, I am in the works of getting something that's public. Yeah. Um, so I'll be able to be more um, accessible to people. Nice. Does, does your work have an Instagram? Maybe they could go and check out or? Um, not at the moment, but um, I'll let you know. Okay. And if you create a, a, pub, a public one for your services or you want to share information on that, let us know and we'll help you to promote Yeah, it. I'll definitely um, keep you updated on that so you cool. can let people know where to reach me. Sounds good. Right mm -hmm. Well, once again, thank everybody. Yep. And thank uh, you, thank you. crew, we'll see you guys next week because it is Women's History Month, so we're going to highlight a woman each, each week. Yes. Nice. Dr. Ching, will I come back for that or is it just a one time? She's coming Can back. Can I come back? Yeah. Of course you're coming back. <laughs> yeah. You said I yes back in the fall, so you're coming yeah. back. Right. Bring the conchitas and the tole next time. <laughs> <laughs> Gracias. With that said, dale gas. Dale gas. Dale gas. Thank you. Thank you. We got to educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine. Educate, not incarcerate. Souls of humanity will shine.